this episode of KP3, we're going to talk about diabetes. Uh, it's quite long, so we'll have to break it up into two bits. Um, so those people at risk of high risk of type 2 diabetes are people with impaired glucose tolerance or impaired fasting glucose, history of cardiovascular disease, being greater than 35 and from the Pacific, China or India, being greater than 40 years old with a BMI more than 30 or hypertension, women with a history of GDM, PCOS and obesity or if you're on antipsychotic medications. The generational causes of increased rates of weight gain are that we now have higher energy foods, lower activity lifestyles, less sleep, people get heavier as they get older and we're living longer, women are delaying having kids and older mothers are having heavier children, we have more chemical exposures, uh, heating and air can reduce caloric expenditure and genetic factors. So the major risk factors for developing type 2 diabetes are family history, being overweight or obese, and being over 40. Complications of diabetes include microvascular end organ damage, diabetic retinopathy, macrovascular disease, cardiovascular disease, more infections, blindness, atherosclerosis, peripheral neuropathy, acute presentations like DKA, and having Charcot's neuroarthropathy. The rate of kidney disease and diabetes is that uh, 2% of men affect with diabetes over 45 and 11. The rate of kidney disease and diabetes is that kidney disease affects 2% of men with diabetes over the age of 45 and 11% of women with diabetes overall. Risk factors for development of CKD in diabetes include duration of diabetes, poor BSL control, high blood pressure, anemia, genetic susceptibility to diabetic kidney disease and smoking cessation. People who should be screened are people over 40, who are high risk in those with IGT every three years and ATSI from 18 years. You screen using the OSD risk tool. Features on history of T2DM are slow onset diabetic symptoms, lethargy, weight gain, polyuria, peripheral neuropathy, acanthosis, nigricans, glycosuria with low BSL lowering, acute presentation with DKA and often found on screening. Like as you with BSL rising over a certain threshold. The other clinical signs for insulin resistance are acanthosis, nigricans, skin tags, central obesity, and menstrual irregularity, and hirsutism. So, the screening tool for peripheral neuropathy is that use the diabetes neuropathy score, and you can do a screen question such as Are you experiencing steadiness in walking? Do you have burning, aching pain or tenderness in legs or feet? Prickling sensation in legs and feet? And do you have places of numbness on legs or feet? Components of peripheral neuropathy exam are skin exam, looking for discolorations and ulcers and infections, light touch using 10 gram monofilament pressure on the distal plantar, great toes and metatarsals, vibration using tuning fork to the level of the tibial tuberosity, looking at peripheral circulation, so participatory tibial and dorsalis pedis, pinprick sensation, skin exam, looking for breaches in the skin integrity, tenopedia and postural for skin infection, palpation for warmth, looking at perfusion, inflammatory and possibly cellulitis, evidence of varicose veins and hemosiderin deposits, pulses and identifying areas of deep pain, swelling and heat. 
Features of the examined Charcot's neuroarthropathy are a markedly swollen foot, warm red, only mild to modest pain or discomfort, temp differential between the feet, preserved or exaggerated blood flow in foot and pedal pulses abounding. Features of X-ray in Charcot's are joint effusion, dislocations, subluxations and osteopenia. Possible investigations in Charcot's would include MRI or SPECT, serum uric acid to differentiate it from gout, CRP, ESR, BSLs, VIT-D and full blood count. Factors that contribute to Charcot's are duration of diabetes, having ankle equinus, retinopathy, plantar fascia tears, nephropathy, trauma and previous foot surgery. Risk factors for Charcot's include poor glycemic control, increased serum osteo something, increased osteopenia and AV shunting, trauma, arterial calcification, renal disease, eating disorders and vitamin D deficiency. Management of acute Charcot's is that it's considered an emergency. You want to immediately refer to a multidisciplinary high-risk foot service, aim to eliminate further trauma and do offloading. Complications from Charcot's include foot deformity, chronic ulceration, infection and osteomyelitis. Management of Charcot's generally is through offloading with non-removable negative walkers, controlled ankle movement walkers, uh, restraint orthotic walkers and considering protection of the other foot. Mm, components of the diabetic eye exam. No, let's skip that one. <coughs> uh, let's skip those and just move on to things we didn't cover before. No, let's do it. Um, so in the eye exam, we're looking at visual acuity and retinal exam. The diagnostic criteria for type 2 diabetes is having full blood count, fasting blood glucose more than 7 on two separate occasions, or HbA1c more than 6.5%, which is 48 millimoles, plus second factor, confirming IE symptoms on a second day. Uh, the definitions of impaired fasting glucose is a full fasting blood glucose, 6.1 to 6.9, and IGT is having a 2-hour glucose, 7.8 to 11 the diagnostic criteria for impaired fasting glucose is a fasting blood glucose, 6.1 to 6.9, and there's no HbA1c equivalent. The diagnostic criteria for impaired glucose tolerance is a blood glucose uh, uh, blood glucose of um, 7.8 to 11, two hours after the oral glucose tolerance test. There's no HbA1c equivalent. Gestational diabetes, if you've got fasting blood glucose more than 7.8, progress to OGTT, and if your two-hour glucose is more than 8, you've got GDM. The risks of GDM to the mum are diabetes in future and further pregnancies uh, and CVD. Risks to the baby are macrosomia, large birth weight, i.e. GR and polyhydramnios. If you've got type 1 diabetes in an adult, you want to think about GAD antibodies, which is glutamic acid decarboxylase, IA2 antibodies, which is anti-insulin, anti-islet antibodies, zinc transporter 8 antibodies, genetic testing for MODI, and C-peptide levels, which is relatively unhelpful. 
things that can cause abnormally high HbA1c or iron deficiency, anemia, splenectomy, alcohol and steroid therapy. Things that can cause uh, abnormally low HbA1c or hemolytic anemia, acute blood loss, chronic blood loss and chronic renal failure, which causes a 1-2% to lower reading and higher variability. The reasons for variation in blood glucose readings is if you test at different times of the day, errors in the monitoring process and the biological variability of blood glucose. So the way to, ways to address this would be review of the diabetes educator and testing accuracy of the monitor against lab measurement. <coughs> uh, calculating blood glucose from HbA1c is to do percent equals 2 times HbA1c minus 6. So the average in percent is 2 times your HbA. 1C and then take 6 off that. Preprandial BSL can be calculated by 2 times your HbA1C minus 7. And the reasons they might be off are, um, you know, if there's a difference between the two, uh, are basically shortened or increased red cell survival, hemoglobinopathy, hidden hypoglycemia, hidden hypoglycemia errors in the BSL measurement or recording. Yeah, and we'll go into part two in a sec.